Today, like I said, is new series Sunday, and um, we're jumping into a series called Multiply. Someone say multiply. 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 And um, typically through the summer, we uh, tend to anchor ourselves in a book. And so we will spend about seven to eight weeks in one book. Um, Summer is very, uh, you know, we're always transitioning vacation, taking a break here and there. So that when you come back to church, we're still in the same book. And if you miss a Sunday, you can read along with us or catch us online. Um, I love when we turn the corner and we get into September and we start to prepare for the fall and, and the winter, come back and begin to settle ourselves. I love to start that, this new season off with something practical. So Multiply is an extremely practical series, uh, kind of teaching us how to apply the Word of God. I also feel before the summer, we were in a series called Fresh Off the Press. Uh So that was just history lessons and Bible and Bible and Bible. It's like, what do I do with the word? And um, so this is going to feel like, am I even in church? You know what I mean? Like, that's how this series is going to feel. I always felt that God called us to start a church that was very balanced, very practical. Um, Some churches are very spiritual. They'll have you in church for 10 hours and wear you out. And some are just super practical, and it's like, where's the Spirit of God? I always felt called to that balance. I believe that Jesus was spiritual and practical. And so um, I'm excited about the series for the next few weeks, and uh, we're going to dive in and and talk about it. Join me in Genesis chapter 1. Uh, We'll start at verse 27. Even uh, just assuming, and I could be wrong, most people who aren't familiar with Scripture is at least familiar with Adam and Eve and the story of creation. Whether you believe in God or not, you're familiar with creation and Genesis for the most part. So we'll we'll just dive in um, to start us out. It says this here, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. says, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. And it says, male and female, he created them. Verse 28 says this, then God blessed them. Someone say blessed. Blessed them. That that word there means he enabled them. He empowered them. He He gave us everything we needed when he created us. He built it all into us. And said, be fruitful and multiply. Someone say multiply. 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 Fill the earth, and I'm going to stop right there, and govern it. Fill the earth and govern it. Those are the first words that God said to mankind. Was it wasn't he loves us. That's part of why he created us, right? He didn't say, I love you, you're so cute, Adam. He didn't say all that. He said, be fruitful. And multiply. So just uh, let's define multiply because the Old Testament was written in the Hebrew. And the word there is raubau. And it means to become many or much or to increase. To become many or much or to increase. And what I love about the narrative here in Genesis is just that we're going to pull out a few simple truths in the text. Uh, We're going to leave the cookies on the bottom drawer today. So nothing too deep. Everyone will be able to understand today's message and apply everything in today's message, whether you're a believer or not. We just want to build you up and encourage you. Um, But a, a few simple truths from the word of God says this here is that God has given us, here it is, the ability and permission to multiply. God has given us all the ability and the permission to multiply. 
right? We, we all have everything we need to increase or to become more within who we are and with what we have. We all. So, and then he's given us the permission, almost at green light here. That sounds a little bit more modern, right? That sounds more verby, right? But he's given us the permission to, to become as successful as you want, right? Have as much peace as you want. Have as much joy as you want. Have as much impact as you want to make, right? So he said, be fruitful and multiply, Right. And another thing um, that we can take away from this text, simply because the Bible says that we were created in the image of God. Someone say image. image. And there's a few things I can say about that, but I'll, I'll leave it at one thing. One, one part about us being created in the image of God, a truth, is that God is eternal. So God is what the Bible refers to as alpha. Jesus is alpha. You guys are on this side. Alpha and Omega. Right? So it's like reading books. Okay. Alpha and Omega. The beginning, Alpha. And the end, Omega. Right? So he is eternal. He, he exists forever. And so part of that for us being created in his image means that part of that is that we exist forever. And the Bible teaches that if you die without having made Christ your Savior, your eternity will be in hell or the lake of fire and brimstone, right, 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 right? Right, right? If you pass away and Jesus is your savior, your home will be heaven forever, Amen. right? No sin, no darkness, no pain, no tears. Everything will be perfect. And that's why Jesus came. That's actually the good news. And it's very simple. I'm going to give you an opportunity in about 26 minutes and 57 seconds to make a decision to step into eternity. Okay? So we're, you're going to exist somewhere forever. Which tells me this about multiplying and growing. Is that the call to multiply is eternal. It is, it, if you read the text, God didn't say, okay, Adam, be fruitful and multiply until you're 50. Or be fruitful and multiply until you retire. Or be fruitful and multiply until you're 40 or until you got your dream job. He says, be fruitful and multiply. You've been created in my image, which tells me this. I was reading the text and the Holy Spirit says that death for the Christian, watch me, should be the most joyous season in your life. Because when the Christian dies, the Bible teaches that we are not like those who don't have hope. I was listening to a, a palliative care doctor the other day, and she said the number one thing that people who don't have faith worry about is where will I go after this? Paul, Paul has an answer. The word of God has an answer. As Christians, we don't have that. We don't fear that because we know that the promise of God is, is that we're going to live on forever. So this is the deal. This is why we call it pass away because you don't cease to exist ever. But you're passing from earth your life in earth is done to live in heaven. So you pass on. I was actually reading about Abraham last night. And it says that he died and he joined his ancestors in death. Right? And there, I don't got time for that. That's white robes. That's two years ago. But God wouldn't have said he joined his ancestors. That means that Noah is in heaven and Adam is in heaven. That means that, that there is another life. So we pass on from earth into heaven but while we do that this is the reason it's supposed to be joyous is because when we pass from earth to heaven we should also be passing something down 
And actually death, if, you know, if no one takes your life or anything like that, but if you're on your deathbed, everyone should be celebrating, especially if we're a Christian family. We should say, hey, mom, you're about to go be with the Lord. But mom, thank you that you passed down wisdom and you passed down joy and you passed down finances and you passed down strength. We'll see you there in a few decades. It should really be a celebration of sorts, right? Even in Ezekiel, God says that um, he is pleased to see uh, the death of his saints because it simply means that you're coming back home to him. And so it's a call, uh, it's an eternal call to, to multiply, simply saying that uh, uh, I should have more joy, more joy. Someone say more joy, more joy. in my 40s than I did in my 20s. Yeah. Yeah. I should have more peace yeah. in my 50s than I did in my 30s. I should have more wisdom in my 30s than I did in my 20s. Right? right? I should have more, watch this, finances in my 50s than I did in my 20s. I should have more finances in my 80s than I did in my 70s. This call is to multiply as long as there is breath in your life. You should always be increasing and growing and getting bigger. There's nothing about the Christian call that calls us to shrink, but it calls us to increase and never get complacent. Are y'all here, church? I can, I can go back on vacation if y'all go look at me. Come on now. This is good stuff. Mm. Growing out in some, that's my notes, growing in peace, growing in wisdom, growing in resource. I'll read it to you. Passing on from this life on earth to a life in heaven, passing down every kind of wealth to my kids and my grandkids. That, that was the call of Genesis 1, 27 through 28. So when people say, I don't know what my purpose is, let me, let me reveal it to you. Your purpose is to increase. That's right. And if you have a little, God has given you the ability to increase it. He's giving you the ability to increase it. So I'm not going to go around blaming mom, blaming dad, blaming friend, blaming auntie, blaming my ex-husband, blaming my wife. I'm going to commit to increasing and walking out the full purpose of God in my life in this earth. It is on me to increase my life and nobody else. Nobody else. And that's why when you track and you do become effective and successful, your circle gets smaller. Because most people don't want to increase. But that's the calling of God on your life. So today, I want to talk about how to grow what God has given us. More specifically, I want to give you a couple ways. Here it is, to multiply your finances. I want to give you four ways to multiply your finances. Or a nickname for this message can be finance your future. Because we all have a financial future. We all have a financial future. And um, I pray long, watch this, I pray long life over you. There's some crazy stuff going on right now. Right? People ain't thinking, they, people taking people's lives left and right. But I pray long life over you. But not only that, I pray abundance over you. I pray financial margin and peace over you. And no matter where you are, young, middle age, or older, it doesn't matter. You, you can step into this word with an open heart, open mind, begin to apply the principles of the Lord, work, the, work them over time, and begin to see the blessing of God rest on your life. And I'm put to you this way. You don't even have to believe in Jesus. I wish you would because that means you're going to heaven. But you can work the principles of God and God will still bless you. The Bible says that he reigns on the just and the unjust. So... Um, 
I just want you to be blessed. Right? And so I don't want you to think it's too late if you're older in age. Let, let's do the best you can. But if you're young, please lean in. Teenagers, Gen Zers, Alpha, uh, wherever you are, millennial, baby boomer, let's, let's lean into the word of God. And, and, and we're on a journey together. I don't have it all down. I got some goals. I got some holes I'm in and I'm, we're trying to dig ourselves out of. But, but we're in this together. Someone say we're in this together. All right. So I got 20 minutes to go to work. Okay. Number one, I want to encourage you to seek advice. Seek advice. Um, a group called Certified Financial Planner Board said that um, 75% of Americans don't seek the help of a financial advisor. 75% of Americans don't seek the help of a financial planner. And um, what's, what's interesting is another article says that 70% of Americans are under financial duress. So, so it kind of, there has to be something there for those of us who are under stress and duress, along with those who don't ask for help, wow. right? And, and they say that stress levels drop for those who do, yeah. right? So I want to give you a sub point here. I want to encourage you to expose your resources to somebody, if you're taking notes. Expose your resources. Go to someone you can trust, someone who has a vested interest in your life, yeah. in your future. They love you, but they're going to be honest with you. And they're going to be real. And when they see your salary or how much you make, they're not impressed. Because they either make more than you or they manage um, salaries at a higher level than yours. But they're just, they, just, they need to know, hey, this is my debt. These, this is my credit. These are my spending habits. This is my statements. What do you think? Another sub point here is allow someone to speak into your situation. Yeah. Allow them. Open your heart to it. They say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, you know, and expecting a different result. Right, right. So I can't have the same rhythms and spending habits and thoughts. Money is really a thought thing. I can't have the same thoughts about money. Go to someone who's going to give me some help and expect them to say, hey, you're doing, you're doing great. I have nothing to add. No, they're going to say you, you, need to, you need to switch this up. So allow yourself to be challenged. It says this in Proverbs 15, 22, plans go wrong for lack of advice. Someone say lack. That means advice is missing from your life. That means we haven't sought it out. But it says this here. Many advisors. Someone say many. many. Bring success. And the word success there means makes things right. Because I don't have advice. Things are wrong in this area. But when I get many advisors. Things become right. And I love what Pastor Kyra shared at Flourishing Brunch yesterday. She shared about how Ruth was obedient to Naomi's counsel and her wisdom. And, and I love it because it says in the book of Ruth that she did everything. Someone say everything. everything. That Ruth did everything Naomi said. So we got to stop all this. Um, I'm, I'm going to do that part, but I don't like that part and I'm not going to do it. But you end back up in the same hole. Right? We need to do it all. We need to do it all. So, so if someone says, hey, you, this is the budget for the next year, it's going to be painful for about nine months. But in the third and last quarter, you're going to see it begin to change. You got you to do everything that they say and understand that it's going to be a little painful. But you need to expose your resources and get some advice. Number two, second way to multiply your finances is number two, strategize. Strategize. 
uh, Jesus uh, was telling a story one time. It was a parable. That's what I'm saying. I love how practical Jesus is. He said that, um, you know, God forbid you, you would ever plan to build a building and not count the cost. And he said that maybe you had enough for the foundation. But Jesus said this. He said, but people would laugh and say, well, they didn't have enough money to finish the building project. But simply what Jesus was saying is, is strategize. Right, you need to have a, a strategy. And I, I thank God that we serve a Savior who doesn't just care about our eternity, but he also cares about our finances. And it says this here, Proverbs 21.5 says, Good planning, here it is, and hard work lead to prosperity. Someone say prosperity. prosperity. But hasty TikTok, Instagram, internet, sh- sorry. Being on everyone else's page. Shortcuts, Ponzi scheme shortcuts lead to poverty. This is the word of God. Someone say the word of God. This is fresh off the press. It's still fresh. It's still the word of God. But, but, but he said it right there. I love that. He says strategize and work hard. Right? And somewhere along the way during the pandemic and, and, and the residual effects of the pandemic, um, somewhat empowered us or anointed us to quit working. Yeah. Mm, come on. And we accepted that mentality, which is a satanic mentality, come on now. because when God put Adam in the garden, come on. he said, cultivate it and work it. So since we've, hear my heart, since we've gotten past it all, let's get back to work. Because the Bible just said, hasty shortcuts, a lack of work will lead to poverty. So we can't just sit home all day and Netflix and chill and be in our pajamas and not want to do nothing. And what did grandma used to say? You know money don't grow around the trees around here. Right? And, and, and we're coming to find that out. We can't just sit around and ask God to always bless us and not expect to have a responsibility in improving those things and making those things better. Or we lose them. So work is good. Work gives you a sense of purpose, a sense of accomplishment. It gets you going every day. It it keeps your mind open. It it keeps you loose. It it keeps you fresh. And I've come to find out it's when you're working your eight to five. The job that you really don't want is when God does begin to speak to you about your future. God rarely speaks to us when we're lazy and we're just not doing anything and we don't have a strategy. And it's because he can't trust us with more. So come on now. So so part of your strategy needs to be, I'm going to get a job so I can have something to build. What's your strategy? Key question. What is your financial strategy? What's your strategy? What is your plan? You're not going to be 25, 30 all your life. And and for God's sakes, the the, the little that you claim to have, and which is a lot more than a lot of people in the world, you can build on that little. Guess what? There was a day you didn't have what you had, which means that since you have what you have, you can grow what you have. So, so, so let's not get caught in this demonic, satanic mentality of complaining about what we have because that's going to undermine the energy and the strength that we need to actually multiply what God has given us.
Come on now. If you want to make more money, make more money. That's totally on you. But don't complain about what God has given you. Because there's a day you, you ask for that job. You pray, Lord, I pray they would call me back. Right? So let, let's have a strategy where we are. Me and Pastor Kyra, we're in a place right now. We want more. I won't lie about it. We want more for the church. We want more personally. But God always says, work what you have. Love the people you have. Pastor the people you have. Lead the people you have. Lead the building you have. Clean the building you have. Organize the building you have. Develop the people you have. Do what... Mm. Increase what you have. Increase what you have. Steward what you have. Because how you steward what you have is the answer to more. You don't, listen, you don't want to win the lottery. Because there are two things that you're going to do if you're not doing it already. Number one, you're not going to tithe. That's a tither back there. Who's like, huh? My girl. My girl been building this church with us for six years. Can you put a hand together for Rhoda? Rhoda, we love you so much. Love you. She's a hook. Because she wanted the ones. If she won the lottery, a million coming in. I know it for a fact. I know it for a fact. I know it for a fact. So there are two things you ain't going to do. You're not going to tithe. That's why God won't give it to you. And another thing, majority of lottery winners lose all of their money within five years because they don't have a strategy. We have vision. Guys, I got a billion dollar vision and it moves at the pace of your giving. The people that we can reach moves at the pace of your generosity. I have a strategy. If someone was to say, Pastor, we want to give a, a half a billion dollars, I, I tell them where it goes. Do you have a strategy? It's good. It's good. Do you have a strategy? I want to give you a quick strategy real quick, okay? Number one, um, it won't pop up, but, but this is number one, tithe. We can't talk about finances without putting God first. The Bible speaks of how when you get your income, 10% of it belongs to God. And so I don't, I don't want to steal from God. God can do more, 10%. If you make 20000 every other week, 2000 belongs to God every other week. And I've come to find out that he can do more in my life with 90 than I can with all of it. So tie, that's number one. Put him first so his favor can be on your life. Number two, here it is. It'll come up. Budget. I want to encourage you to know where every dollar is going. I want to encourage you, to, as, we, as we get out of summer kind of, you know, rhythms and fog, um, face the facts. Open the app. Yeah. And I want to encourage you to look at it every day. That's right. You got to be on top of it. You ever notice how we, we all, myself included, we try to ignore money? Yeah. It's, like, it's just there. We go on every app except the bank app. I mean, like, huh? And then when we do finally garner up the strength and the boldness to do it, you wishing that face would just low, that, that facial recognition forever. Like, okay, take your time. Oh, Lord. I knew it. I knew it. 
Ra rarely do you ignore and it's like an extra thousand dollars. It's normally in the other direction, right? But I want to encourage you, you got to face it, guys. You got to look at it. And, and I say every day, even, even if it's getting worse and worse and worse, it's an indicator of, of an issue. Okay, but you got to face it. Um, and we do it bi-weekly. We've kind of been off the ringer this summer. We got to get back because we're, we're feeling it. We're suffering because of it. But when, when we have done it, it's always better when we're on top of it. Number two or three, I want to encourage you to attack debt. Attack debt. Set a timetable. Write it all out. Get it all. Credit cards, student loans. You need to see what you owe. You have to. Um, and I encourage you, a simple thing, I don't have a lot of time, but go smallest to largest. And then snowball that amount you paid on the smallest one into the next one. And, and it may take three, four, five years, a year, six months. But you got you to do it because the word of God says that the borrower is slave to the lender. So money that you could otherwise be using to move forward in life, to plan for the future, is going to those who you borrow from. And not only that, you're paying them back with interest. So rarely, you're paying the principal down very slow. So let's get intentional about debt. Um, number three, save. Even while you're paying down debt, I want to encourage you to save. Always put something to the side. Always put something to the side. Okay? And allow your goals, here it is, to influence your saving rhythms. Allow your goals. Are, are, you, are you trying to buy a house? That should influence how you save. Yeah, that's good. Are you paying down debt? Well, you may want to lessen the saving, but put something in so you can build some momentum and do it consistently. Right? All right, and then I just want to encourage you to, to join Financial Peace University. We, we have a group here called FPU, Financial Peace University, led by Isaac and Catherine Shea. Can we celebrate them? Isaac and Catherine, they're two amazing people. They've been at our church for uh, about four years, since 2018. On their first visit, they got in the car and it was like, this is it, you know. And so they've been, they've been faithful. Um, they've helped a lot of people find financial freedom. They're generous people themselves, people you can trust. God has blessed them financially. So get under their leadership and let's get our finances in order. Number three, a third way to uh, multiply your finances is to cultivate self-control. Cultivate self-control. Be, be, be very prevy of debit and credit card purchases. And, and, and uh, what do they do? What is it called? Tap? You can, is it tap? Right? This and the cards, they're the enemy to self-control. Bloop. Bloop. Because you'll say, okay, I got that in the account. And you know how you try to mentally subtract? <laughs> You forgot about that $6.80 on that gum and that drink. You forget, but you try to subtract the big one. Oh, that was 75 okay, so 2007 You're already done. First purchase, you're done. Because you go keep tapping, tapping. They're the enemies to self-control. Okay, and, 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 and so here it is. Proverbs 29:18 says this. Where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. So, so when, when you don't have a target for that month or a six-month strategy or target for where you're going with your finances, 
You're just kind of living for Friday. And it says that when there is no vision, no direction, no target, you're just doing whatever. And that's what's bringing stress and worry yes. because there's no control. Right. We're unrestrained. And really, the, the word here is that where there is no prophetic utterance. Mm. Let me go deeper. Where there is no Bible or no truth, society is unrestrained. That's really what it is, if I can really be honest about it. Right. So we want, the God, we want God and his word at the center of our societies so that there can be order and blessing because God blesses order. Right. And, and, and so th- this is the heart behind this one about self-control. Watch this. I want to encourage you to say no to what you want now so that you can say yes to what you really want later. Begin to ask yourself. Do I need this today? Do I need this purse? Do I need this shirt? Do I need to go on this trip and put it on my credit card? Do I I need this? Because I I, I know what I really want. And I know if I do this now, it's going to slow that process down. So so, so just absorb. It's, It's a little painful, but you got to. Because when you get to what you really want, you're going to say, wow, it all paid off. Yes. Right? All right. And then number four is you need financial vision. Good. Y'all okay? Yes. Financial vision. Someone say vision. 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 vision, if you're taking notes, is a picture of a preferable future. A picture of the future that you want to live in. And once again, you can't be too young to receive this. Middle age, you're in a great season. Even older, you're in a great season to turn things around. God probably has another 10, 15, 20 years. That's a lot of time to have a vision for your grandkids and your kids and yourself. Financial, you need vision for your finances. Um, The stats show that 44% of Americans don't have $400 emergency finances. 33% have $0 saved for retirement. Two years ago, millennials only needed $1.8 to $2.5 million to retire comfortably. That was two years ago. Now, millennials and Gen Zers, listen to me, 20-year-olds and teens. If you're in middle school, if you are, I think, five years old, if you're Judah's age, listen up. (laughs) You might not understand this now, but listen up. Here it is. You're going to need three to $3.5 million set aside to retire comfortably. I will say this, guys. Get serious about your financial future. Get serious about it. I'll give you some vision examples, okay, just to help you out. Because you're like, Pastor, what? You may have a vision to be debt free. Mm, yeah. That's a vision. That's right. Lean into it. You may have a vision, here it is, to purchase a home in the next five years. Lean into it. Pastor Kyle, right now we're working two, vi- two, two lengths. We have a one year vision and we have a five year vision. What we've come to find out is that when we work, when we work faithfully within one year, at the end of that process, that's when the supernatural comes in. Yes. It's weird, but it's good. When you're faithful and you're disciplined and you work something, 
the supernatural comes in always for us near December and January. So we have a one-year vision and a five-year vision for our home. Maybe you have a vision one day to own land. Own land. I think God is trying to get you to conceive something, some of you right now. It's good. It's good. You got to stop thinking so small. God can do anything through your life. Maybe you have a vision to get into real estate. Maybe part of your heart is you want to take care of your parents because you saw how your grandparents and your great-grandparents worked until the day that they died. That's margin. That's, that's money. God can do it. God can do it. Right? Maybe you have a vision for your retirement. Right? Generational wealth transfer. When Abraham died, the father of our faith, when he died, this is how I know I'm supposed to pass something down. When he died, Abraham, the Bible says, passed down all of his wealth to his son, yes. Isaac. In Proverbs, it says that a good man, good woman, passes down um, um, to, to, to her kids' kids. A good man, good woman, passes down wealth to their kids' kids or to their nieces and nephews or to their friends. You know what I mean? It, that's, that's the mark of a life of following Jesus. That you're passing something down. You need a vision. So you don't just spend. And you need to reverse engineer. That's good. And I want to encourage you this. God's heart is for you to be financially blessed. God's heart is for you to be financially blessed. It says this in Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, I will bless you with a future filled with hope. That should have popped up. I will bless you with a future filled with hope. And it says this here, a future of success, not of suffering. That's God's heart for you. I want to bless you. What does that mean, Pastor? It, mean, it means three things. It, it won't come up, but write these down. God wants to give you financial peace. Margin. Margin is God, God wants you to have a lot of space in your account. And he wants to give you the ability to leave legacy. Yes. Yes. God's not done with this generation. That's right. The glory days are not behind us. It's our mentality and attitude about work. Yeah. But he wants you to pass on legacy. Legacy simply means an amount of money set aside for the next generation. That's what legacy means. He wants to give you hope and success. He wants to make everything right in your life. Not suffering, not, oh my God, I don't know how my kids are going to bury me. Right? Or I don't know. Young people, listen to me, 20s, 30s, get you some life insurance. I told you you wouldn't feel like you're in church today. (laughs) Pull out a million dollar life insurance policy. Whole life. Down the road, you can leverage it. Get serious, guys. Because guess what? When you're young, it's, we'll make it happen. We'll make do. We'll make do. We'll make do. Then when you're out of strength, there's no more week to week. He wants to give you a future of success. And he says this. I love this. Romans, um, let's pull it in. Romans 8.32. It says this. Whew, God did not keep back his son, but he gave him for us. He gave Jesus for us. And I love this. I love this. 
I love this. If God did this, Come on now. if God gave his son, Come on now. won't he freely give us everything else? So God doesn't just care about you going to heaven. He cares about you prospering as a Christian, as a believer. Won't he give us everything else? 